Good morning. We'd like to welcome you to church this morning as we join together as God's people. Please stand and join us as we sing his praises together. You bet. 
unceasing love. We pray, Father, that today we will experience your love in deeper ways as we understand more and more of who you are. Be glorified in our worship and in all that we do in our conversations, in our prayers, our songs, your word may bring glory to you. We pray this through Christ. Amen. Share a word of greeting with others who worship this morning. day in uh, the life of our church as we celebrate our uh, high school graduates, and and we are so privileged uh, to have uh, numerous uh, high school graduates and and youth in our church. Uh, We are excited about, I mean, you can see this morning the the talent uh, that they have and sharing, and we're going to hear from others of them throughout the morning, Uh, but we are really privileged, and I know that uh, they appreciate our prayers, our support. Thank you for all the ways in which you do that in a a, uh, variety of settings, Uh, some structured, some not. But uh, we are privileged and thrilled to have them uh, help us worship today. And uh, Pastor John, I think, is going to uh, share a little bit now about uh, the graduates as we honor them this morning. Pastor John, and I'm not sharing about the graduates, (laughs) but Pastor John did ask me to speak a little bit about being a small group leader at youth group, and so I just wanted to share a really quick sort of testimony of my experience as being a small group leader in youth group. It was about four years ago that I volunteered to lead a small group, and I was given a group of incoming seventh grade girls when I started. And we were all new to youth group. I was new to being a small group leader, and they were new to youth group, and um, we kind of didn't know what we were doing. So we started with a lot of crazy, silly games for the first year or so. There was a lot of laughter. It was really loud. We ate a lot of chocolate. Uh, It was a lot of fun. And uh, we got to know each other, and that was really exciting. And I didn't realize, really, that um, I would stay with that group probably until they graduated. That's the kind of plan that we work with here. And so in the last four years, I've been with those same girls pretty much, and they've grown and changed, and it's been so exciting to see how they've changed. Um, We still laugh, and we still eat a lot of chocolate because evidently chocolate makes people talk and share, which is great. Um, But the silly games have really been replaced with some really meaningful conversation and even some service to the community and to others. And it's been exciting to see that change as they've grown. And one of the things that they've done as service is they've adopted a compassion child in my group. Her name is Almeida, and she's from Haiti. And they write to her regularly, and they pool their money to support her. And that's really exciting to see them make a difference. Um, They've made a lot of cards for shut-ins and terminally ill children and orphans over the last couple years, and we've sent them away and gotten some nice thank you letters in response. And they also, this year, just finished making blankets for a blanket, a book, and a buddy program in Allegheny County that gives blankets to kids in need through Accord Ministries. And so that's been really exciting to see them grow in service and grow with each other. And I wouldn't have had that opportunity if I didn't jump in and be a small group leader and hadn't felt that call in my life. And they've taught me so much. They've taught me so much about just relaxing and going with the flow when plans don't quite go like I thought they should go for small group. And they've taught me a lot about prayer as we've prayed together. 
Um, we've prayed for each other, and I spend time in prayer for them each week, and we've gone down to the prayer room during prayer vigils. And so I feel so blessed by them and so blessed by the opportunity that I've had to share with them. I'm so thankful for that opportunity. And if it, you would like to join an adventure and be on a small group journey with a small group, Pastor John is always looking for new small group leaders, and it is quite an adventure. You will learn a lot from it and be blessed from it. Thanks. I'd like to invite our ushers forward as we give back to God through our tithes and offerings.
Gracious Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for all of your blessings. The ones that we see and identify quite readily. And the ones that might be a bit hidden from us. We thank you because we know that you are good. That your mercies endure forever. That we can trust you. And that your design for all of us is blessing. Father, as we gather today, we want to thank you for the blessings that you have given to us. Thank you for the healings that we have witnessed in our congregation and in those connected to us. We thank you for the healing work that we are seeing in Linda Roth, in John Christensen, in Micah Christensen, and in others for whom we have been and continue to pray. Father, we continue to ask for your blessings upon those among us who continue to face difficulties in their lives. We pray for those who are grieving and ask for your comforting presence. We pray for those who are struggling with health concerns. And today we especially remember Florence Tuber and Rosalind Danner, Isabella Doherty and Tim Nichols, Bob Brown, Louise Princell, Nancy Cole, Brian Orbacher, Peter Lingenfelter, Cheryl O'Brien, Ben King, Doris Esepian, Isla Shea, Sheldon Emerson, Bill Getty, Mike Raybuck, Bev Rett, Emily Cricklar, and others. May your healing power be at work in each of them. Father, we, we pray today for uh, the ministries of our church. And, and today, as we think about the youth group, we are so grateful for each one of our young people and all the things that you're doing in their lives. May they continue to know your grace upon them. We pray for churches around us. And today we pray for the Belmont Gospel Fellowship Church and Pastor Patrick Lyons. May your grace and mercy be upon this gathering of believers as they serve you and each other and the wider community of their church. Pour out your blessings upon them. Father, we thank you for the privilege that we have to pray for our nation and the world. We ask that you would continue to bring your healing and your peace in places of disaster and tragedy. We continue to think of of the situation of the volcano in Hawaii. And we pray that you would settle that and that you would bring peace and that you would give grace to the people there and those affected mostly by it. We pray for refugees, that you would continue to give them safety and security. We pray, Father, for places where war and violence are are just everyday life and ask that you would bring your peace in the midst of chaos. Father, we, we thank you for the privilege that we have of, of sharing how you blessed us with others. As we have collected funds this year for our faith promise giving and even exceeded that, we pray for, for those who are serving you all throughout the world. May your grace give them strength and wisdom as they make decisions about ministry and give them the Spirit of Christ with those with whom they work. And we continue to pray for our brothers and sisters around the world. Our hearts are are burdened and we grieve with the church in Cuba, and the recent plane crash, and all of the people who are grieving from that crash. And, And we particularly think of the ten pastoral couples who were on that plane. We pray for their families, for their churches, all of those connected to them. 
Lord, it's hard to understand these kinds of things that when they happen. But we believe that you can bring life out of death. And you can bring hope out of despair. And you can strengthen your church in difficult times. Father, we are so grateful for the freedoms that we enjoy. For those who have sacrificed to make freedom a possibility for us. On this Memorial Day weekend, we want to thank you for all who have sacrificed to open doors for us to love and to care and to grow and to mature in our relationships with each other and mostly with you. We want our lives to be about freedom, but we want them to be about more than freedom. By giving our full and complete allegiance to you, serving you, serving one another, sharing Christ's love with others near us and far from us. Father, thank you for all of your blessings. We give you thanks for the ways in which you fill our lives with hope and joy, with grace and love, with your truth and with your presence. We offer this prayer in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, remembering the prayer that he taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Good morning. As Pastor West said, uh, this is a Youth Sunday, and we take a moment on this Sunday to recognize our graduating seniors. So I'm going to invite all of our, if you're a senior graduating from high school, I'm going to invite you to come to the front right now. Stand right here. Come on up. And um, I know that uh, as a congregation, we have loved and supported these individuals as they've, in the time that they've been with us, some shorter than others, but we're grateful to God for you guys. We're grateful that you're here with us. And uh, we want to make sure that as you go out into whatever next steps uh, are ahead of you, that you go with our blessing, with our love, and we're going we're gonna to spend a few minutes praying for you. But before we do that, I'm going to pass the microphone down the row, and I know not everybody knows everybody, so you're going to, uh, they're going to tell you your name and where they're graduating from and, and uh, maybe a little bit about what they're doing next year. Does that sound good? Want to do that, Wade? Yeah. Hold it nice and close. Um, so I'm Wade. I'm graduating from Houghton Academy, and next year I'll be attending Houghton College. My name is Ivana. And I'm graduating from Holton Academy. I'm going to be going to a school in New York City called Art League School. Good morning, everybody. I'm Lily Sardina. I'll be graduating from Holton Academy and going to Grove City College next year. Hello, my name's Emily Pierce, and I'm graduating from Houghton Academy, and I'll also be going to Houghton College. Hi, I'm Grace Retz, and I'm also graduating from Houghton Academy, and I'm also going to Houghton College next year. So, um, my, I'm Tom Kamara. I'm graduating from Houghton uh, Academy, and I'm going to Florida Institute of Technology next year. I'm Kevin. I'm graduating from Houghton Academy. I'm going to UMass Boston. I'm Larissa. I'm graduating from Houghton Academy. I'm still undecided. Um, my name is Lily Tan, and I'm graduating from Houghton Academy, and I'm going to Lehigh University. Awesome. Uh, so what we're going to do now is I'm going to have you guys, if you could just turn around and kneel down at the altar here. You can come on both sides. Come towards the middle here a little bit. Some of you come on this side. And I'm going to ask... Any of you that would like to, come, come ahead uh, up here, and we're going to lay hands on these guys. I've asked a few people to pray, and uh, let's, let's just send them off with our, with our prayer and our blessing.
Awesome. Let's, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for your many, many blessings to us. We're grateful uh, for this group of young people that have been with us uh, over the past years. Father, we lift them up to you now, and we ask for your blessing in deep ways on each one. We pray, Father, that they would know your presence, your spirit with them, Father. Give them wisdom as they make decisions. Father, give them courage in each moment to do what you would have them to do. Father, may they, may they continue to mature, to grow, to know you more in each moment, in each day, Father. We ask for your blessing on them. Heavenly Father, we are grateful for each one of these uh, young people kneeling here before us, for your love for them, and we pray that they will experience that in deeper and deeper ways. Thank you for the gifts you've given them, for all the ways in which you are working in their lives. May they know your love and your grace to them now and in the days ahead. As they move on to the next stage of their lives. May they do so in the power and the grace and the truth of your Holy Spirit. Fill them with the love of Christ, that they will continue to know more and more of the depths of your love for them, and that they may be people who in this world that desperately needs love would be people channels of your love to others. Pour out your grace upon them as they make decisions about the future, as they as they uh, spend the summer preparing for whatever is ahead for them in the days to come. And in all of it, may your grace be evident in every moment. And may your blessing, your rich, deep blessing, rest upon each of them. And may they experience that each day. We pray this through Christ. Father, we thank you for bringing these students here to Houghton, in some cases from around the world. We know that they're here because you've brought them here, and you've given us a heart to love them. But more importantly, you love them. And I pray each one will feel your love, especially as they go from here. I pray that seeds are planted, Lord, and that they would be watered wherever they go. We pray, Lord, that there would always be a longing in their hearts to know you better. And, Lord, we ask your blessing upon them as they leave us. Help them to know that they will be in our thoughts and prayers continually. Thank you for the privilege of loving and knowing these seniors. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, we thank you for each of these young men and women here today for the impact that they have had on our lives, on the lives of their families, this community, our church, our school. Uh, We know that they will positively impact the world as they move forward with whatever they're doing next year. We ask that you would give them a peace and a comfort knowing that you are there. Um, They are surrounded by family and friends that love them, a community, a church here that loves them, but first and foremost, you who will never leave them, you are with them at all times. Give them that comfort and that peace, uh, and uh, we pray that their relationship with you will continue to strengthen, and and through that, that they will have an even greater impact on this world. Thank you, Father. We ask that they would go with your blessing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Thanks, guys. Uh, Don't forget, immediately after the service here, I've got a little reception for you seniors up in the youth room, okay? Got a little gift for you, and we'll see you there. Good morning. Our scripture reading this morning is from Romans 8, 31, 39. Hear the word of the Lord. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? 
who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen. It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ, Jesus who died, more than that, who raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also, also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or the sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor death, nor anything else in all, cre- in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Children ages 2 through 5 may be dismissed for Children's Church. Please stand and join us as we sing. Your kindness leads us to repentance. Your goodness draws us to your side. Your mercy calls us to be like you.
You may be seated. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I don't even have to preach here, because <laughs> there is no original sermon illustration or brilliant metaphor that can make this any clearer. God's love for us is never in doubt. Never. But you have to notice the complete focus on God's love for us. Not our love for God at all. Not our love or our goodness or anything else that we can do. Only God's love is strong enough to redeem, it, to redeem us. You may have noticed a made-up word in the sermon title this morning. I found the word unseparatable just seemed like the perfect descriptor for God's love. The side of God's love shown in this passage. <laughs> Uh, because nothing can separate us from God's love. You cannot even begin to understand how incredibly much God loves you. Our failures and our blindness and our stubbornness and our pride cannot separate us from God. Because it's not about us. It's about God's love, which breaks down every barrier, crosses every chasm, shines into the darkest heart, to transform and claim that heart of stone. God does all that. You know what we have to do? Okay. <laughs> We've got to say, okay. I, I will follow. If death, life, angels, demons, present and future, any powers, height and depth, and everything and anything else in creation can't separate us from God's love, I'd say we don't have a whole lot to worry about. And he wants to bless us. He loves us that much. Of course he wants to bless us. Paul brings that up, stating in verse 32 that since God gave up his son for us, it only follows that God wants to bless his followers. The rhetorical question Paul asks here is, how could God not graciously give us all things since he gave up his own son for us? After all, it wouldn't really make sense if God was willing to sacrifice his son but refused to give any other blessings or good things to his followers. I know that I certainly fail to recognize how much God blesses me, but God does bless me. He blesses us lavishly. God does not use blessings like a seasoning. He doesn't use blessings like use salt or pepper. He doesn't sprinkle us with love every once in a while. He blesses us. He gave up his son for us. How could he not love and bless us? There's a problem. And, well, there's a clip from a certain movie that uh, helps explain the problem here, if that will play. I know who you are. Your cruelty reveals everything. You're the dread pirate Roberts. Admit it. With pride. What can I do for you? You can die slowly, cut into a thousand pieces. Hardly complimentary, Your Highness. Why lose your venom on me? You kill my love. It's possible. I kill a lot of people. Who was this love of yours? Another prince like this one? Ugly, rich, and scabby? No. A farm boy. Poor. Poor and perfect. And I met the sea after a storm. On the high seas, your ship attacked. The dread pirate Roberts never takes prisoners. I can't afford to make exceptions. I mean, once word leaks out that a pirate has gone soft, people begin to disobey you, and then it's nothing but work, work, work all the time. You mock my pain! Life is pain, Highness. Anyone who says differently is selling something. <laughs> Rest, Highness. <laughs> you know, the dread pirate Roberts kind of has a point, though. Do you always feel loved? Do you always feel blessed? That was a rhetorical question. <laughs> because sometimes it feels like life is nothing but pain. It can be a lot harder to feel God's love when 
your house burns down. A family member is diagnosed with cancer. Your own health begins to fail. You lose a loved one. You're forced to leave a place you love. Some of you have been through these things. Others of us have not yet, but someday will. I'm not going to presume to understand your particular struggles, but I know that everyone has been through, is going through, or will go through pain. The hard truth is, this passage does not say you will be spared from that. Paul actually quotes Psalm 44, which says that we face death all day long and are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. But right after that, Paul says that we are somehow more than conquerors in all of these things. Trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, sword. I don't know about you, but when I think of hardship, persecution, trouble, and all those things, I don't typically see myself as a conqueror. I would usually see myself as pretty conquered. Fortunately, that's because I'm thinking about me and what I can try to do to overcome the pain and the problems. Because the Christian does not seek to use God to conquer all of those problems and difficult things in their lives. No, we can become a different kind of conqueror. We can become more than conquerors, not by pushing through or being tough or even loving Jesus enough, but by being loved by him. It's about giving in, accepting the love that has chased you down. Because the passage does not say, in spite of all these things, or even though we face these things, we are conquerors. No, it says in verse 37 that in all of these things, in all of these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We conquer the darkness of this world by giving in to God. Jesus, the one who loved us, gave us the ultimate example of being more than a conqueror while facing persecution and hardship and danger and even death because he conquered and completely destroyed sin's power by dying. He gave himself up and gave into his father's plan. He was the sheep that was slaughtered. And we're called to follow suit. It's very hard to hear, but being considered as sheep to be slaughtered is where we are meant to be. Now, we might not always be facing physical danger and death in everyday life, and we are not always in the middle of a crisis, but we must be willing to die to ourselves and live for God and for those around us every day. Whether facing danger and hardship or not, the choice is always there to present ourselves as living sacrifices to be Christ to another person. But God does not leave us on our own in that. He blesses us. Remember, verse 32 says that he will graciously give us all things. Now, the wording is, here is remarkably similar to verse 37, where he says, In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. The one verse refers to God's blessings as all things. The other refers to suffering and hardship as all these things. I don't think that this is an accident. Is it possible that those blessings and sufferings not only don't contradict each other, but can actually be the same thing? In January of 2016, I went with a group of high schoolers to climb Mount Cameroon, highest peak in West Africa. It was an incredible, unforgettable experience. The, view, the views above the clouds were truly awe-inspiring. Miles of hills, of rocks, like, spreading to both edges of the horizon, as far as you could see. And the thin air tasted fresh and clean. It was, it was amazing. But the trip did not comprise of skipping up the mountainside, singing Tiptoe Through the Tulips. <laughs> it was a long hike. <laughs> During the climb, you would often see a crest in the mountain far, far off. And you'd be determined to get over it, because you were sure that was the top of the mountain. After an hour of hiking, you'd get there, and there would be another one farther off than the first one had been. <laughs> it was exhausting. We spent nine or ten hours hiking in one day to get to the top of the mountain. And there were times when I was so tired, and the mountain was so steep, that I could not focus on anything other than the very next step I had to take. 
but I wouldn't trade a single second of that climb for anything. Because that mountain was beautiful. (laughs) And I remember realizing afterwards that I had laughed, eaten, and prayed more while I was on that mountain than I had for probably the whole week before the climb. I could feel my need for God in every painful step. Now, in that instance, I had made the choice to go on that trip. I put myself in that situation. Clearly, we do not always choose the hardships in our lives. We don't always know what's coming before it happens. But God does, and so the truth here is the same. We are not just blessed in or during suffering. We're blessed by it. That that song, Blessings, they picked... I didn't know about that until, like, yesterday. That was perfect song choice. Whoever did that, thank you. (laughs) But we are not just blessed during suffering. We are blessed by it. We are in our prime and at our best when we are trusting and glorifying God in suffering. That's how we can become more than conquerors. Not by avoiding or escaping. Not by ending suffering but by thanking God and looking for his blessings through the pain that we oftentimes cannot understand. We might not see the fruit of suffering. We might not understand God's every purpose in it, but we don't have to. Maybe your neighbor will be blessed by you because of something you went through. 2 Corinthians 1 says that we are comforted so that we might comfort others. Maybe you will never understand why things happened the way they did. Like Job, who was never given a reason for suffering. It's okay to not see the reasons for suffering. We have hope in a God who knows what he's doing. Suffering can be a reminder of our need for God. Despite praying three times, Paul, who wrote this passage, lived with a mysterious thorn in the flesh which kept him dependent on God. Or suffering can be a reminder to praise God in hardship because of hardship. After all, we were made to praise God. When in doubt, you can thank and praise God because it's what you were made to do. And don't forget, you are in safe hands. Nothing can separate you from God's unseparatable love. Christ Jesus died to destroy the power of sin and was raised to intercede for us and live in us. And that is why no trouble, hardship, persecution, loss, trial, pain, suffering can ever separate us from him. I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither present nor future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So I would challenge you to thank God for the blessings that bring joy and to look for and also thank him for his blessings in pain. To look for beauty in the mountain that you are facing right now. To lose more of yourself to become more than a conqueror like the lamb who was slain. And to be comforted by God's love for you, the greatest blessing of all which cannot be broken by anything in all creation. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for this time this morning. I thank you for all the people who've come to this service. Pray that you would just touch them today, speak into their lives. You would help all of us to remember that we have victory by giving in, that we win by losing that your power is shown when we have nothing. Thank you, God, and we praise you. You are truly amazing. Help us to understand that more every day. In your name we pray. Amen. Please stand and sing with us.
we receive the benediction. Go this week knowing that in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Amen.